Welcome to Beyond Speaking with Brian Lord, a podcast featuring deeper conversations with the world's top speakers. Hi, I'm Brian Lord, your host of the Beyond Speaking podcast. Our guest today is Ron Clark. Ron is the author of Move Your Bus. He's motivated and inspired audiences from companies like FedEx, Xerox, Coca-Cola, Great American Financial, Delta Airlines, BB&T, and more. And of course, he's most well-known as America's educator. His outstanding success with students from low-wealth areas in North Carolina and New York City have led him to be named Disney's American Teacher of the Year. He's a New York Times best-selling author. His classes have been honored at the White House on three separate occasions. Uh, Ron's teaching experiences in New York are the subject of the uh, uplifting film, The Ron Clark Story, starring Matthew Perry. And by the way, I've seen that movie, and if anything, Matthew Perry underplays Ron. Ron's uh, full of energy, uh, extremely entertaining. Well, uh, currently, he, Brian, he, Brian, he's better looking, but I have more rhythm. <laughs> That's absolutely true. <laughs> absolutely true. Uh, and to finish off the bio here, uh, currently, uh, Mr. Clark serves as teacher, as a teacher and administrator of the Ron Clark Academy, an award-winning and internationally acclaimed middle school in Atlanta, Georgia, which I have to say is an, an incredibly cool place. They've got their own two-story massive dragon skeleton in the coolest basketball court you'll ever see. So, Ron, thank you for coming on the Beyond Speaking podcast. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to do it. So this was, you speak on all different types of things. So I know in any kind of interview with you, you've got to kind of narrow it down. So our real focus today is more on sort of the corporate side of things. You speak to educators all over the world. Uh, people come from all over the world to hear you uh, and your, your teachers uh, present in Atlanta. But this one's a little bit more uh, corporate focused. Um, so our first question uh, comes in from uh, Ben from Waterloo, Wisconsin. Uh, his question is, I imagine fundraising for RCA, the Ron Clark Academy, is a constant challenge and that the school's vision is frequently bigger than its resources. Of course, now we're going through a time where you've got, you know, kind of uh, limited resources in a lot of places. How does RCA overcome constant restraints to accomplish such great things? And what advice you have in general for leaders who are held back by a lack of resources? Sure. Yeah. Funding is just a, a challenge we all face, especially with COVID and everything else that's been going on. But at RCA, we set out to have a goal. We wanted to run a school where the majority of our students didn't really pay very much tuition at all, $45 a month. And in order to do that, we knew we had to have many revenue streams. And so we're a business within a business, within a business, within a business. We have a merchandise department. We have apps. We have um, virtual training. We have in-person training. We have all different types of programs and systems that we put in place that we have lots of different revenue streams. And so I feel like sometimes I'm running seven different companies instead of just one company. But it's necessary because if you have one part of your company that's not doing well, then you have those other streams that are strong, then you're gonna still be successful. And so, but it's difficult. When I first started trying to, to raise money and get people to invest in RCA, I learned very quickly that if you ask somebody for a donation, they'll give you advice. But if you ask for advice, that will usually lead to a donation. And so the whole heart of everything I do here, how I run my school, work with kids, everything, it just comes down to relationships. And so about 26 years ago, I started asking people for very tiny donations. $5 here, $10 there. And then I would show a lot of appreciation for the small gift. And then that would grow into a $50 donation to $100. Then I would take people to lunch. And then I would remember everyone's names and everything they would say at lunch. I'd write down their cousin's name. And they said that their mom's going to have a colonoscopy. And I had to 
remember everything about every person. And I just really cultivated relationships to the point where people were given $5,000, $10,000 donations. It was based off of the connections I made with people. And no matter what business you have, it all comes down to the relationships you make with people, the interactions, and making sure that they feel valued. From a leadership standpoint, if you do have limited resources, how do you make a decision on what to fund and what to pause or let go? Yeah, you got to get a good um, idea of what people want. Like, for example, I was just having a meeting this morning in our merchandise department, and we have all different types of merchandise. We have something that y'all might not be aware of called a house system. If you think about the Harry Potter, how J.K. Rowling had them four houses, we have them at our school. But we've, we've taken that now and we've launched this program all over the nation around the world. So now our four house systems, they're in China, Japan, Nigeria, and all 50 states where schools use our house system. And if they wanna buy t-shirts for the students or a scarf or something to go along with the house, we've trademarked everything. So they have to go through our system. So this morning we were looking at, you know, what are we gonna do for promotion for this fall for the house, uh, for the uh, merchandise? And I said, well, what is our most popular item? What is it? And I said, then what is our most profitable item? And so we determined, we saw there was this t-shirt that just says live your dream, which has nothing to do with our house system at all. <laughs> People love this live your dream t-shirt. And I said, well, we make the most profit from them. We sell the most of them. We're going to hit it hard this fall. I want pictures all over Instagram. We're going to do a, a promotion. And so you just kind of have to figure out what people want and then lean into that. Who came up with the idea for that shirt? Um, about 10 years ago, we had a first day of school and I believe in the first day of school should be big and the last day of school should be big. You end big and you start big. And so our theme was live your dream. And when the kids came, we had pillows for every child and we had a big pillow fight. Feathers were everywhere. It was this big, exciting um, moment. And um, the theme was live your dream. And the, that, that, those words and those t-shirts have really resonated with people and it's our biggest seller. That's great. And by the way, I, I, I admit, I'll mention a couple of times through here, but so we've worked with Ron for 15, 20 years now. And one of the things that you do is you take kids all over the world. And that's something we've tried to, to adopt with our own kids uh, in, in having that experience of living dreams. So anyway, thank you for that, for sharing that. I love that story. Um, yeah. Next up, we got a question from Haley Ludwig uh, from New Jersey in Move Your Bus. You talk about the need for joggers and walkers. Actually, I'm going to back up real quick before we get to this question. So in Move Your Bus, you've got uh, four or five different people that we'll refer to. Can you kind of do a quick rundown of those four or five different people uh, in the sort of the Move Your Bus hierarchy? Sure. In every organization, whether it's a corporation or a school, you've got different people who contribute to the organization differently. Some people are what I call runners. Runners have cut a hole in the Florida bus. They put their feet down and bang, they're flying. They come early or they stay late. They're positive. They come up with great ideas. They have this energy, this passion. They have good relationships with everyone. They are the core. They're the best you've got in your organization. Then you got joggers. Now joggers, they cut the hole, they put their feet down and, and they keep up, they do a good job. They work hard. They're not quite the runner. Um, one main difference in a runner and a jogger is that a lot of joggers think they're runners. Like they'll come up to me and say, Ron, I read, you, read your book, Move Your Bus. I just wanna let you know, I'm one of those runners. And I'll think to myself, mm, jogger, because runners don't go around bragging about themselves and runners don't want a lot of shine on themselves. Sometimes joggers, they want a lot of validation. They want to be seen. And every time they do something, they want people to acknowledge it. And um, sometimes, you know, they're more focused on their project or what they're doing 
than the collective of the, of the whole organization. But then we have someone called the walker. Now they've cut their hole in the bus. They put their feet down, but they're kind of being drugged by the bus. And they're like, why are we going so fast? Slow down. They hate change. Every time you try to do something new, they're not happy about it. They complain all the time. And they're really the people in our organization who we wish they would leave because they're just really dragging everyone down and they don't like whoever's in charge. I don't care who's in charge. Jesus could be in charge. You could put, you know, um, Oprah or anybody, you think about anybody in the world you put in charge, they're not going to like that person. And so um, they're a, a negative cancer in, in the in the corporation. And then the final people, you have these riders. Now, they ain't even took the time to cut the hole. They just sat down. They're riding on the bus. They're dead weight. And we want to fire them and want to get them off the bus. But these days, it's really getting tricky and complicated when you want to fire someone. And so it's hard just to kick them off. And so we're trying to find ways to get them to contribute. And so that is the concept of the bus. And what most leaders do is they focus on those people who are writing and complaining. And we try to fix them. We try to get them to work harder. We lie in bed at night. We think about how, how difficult that person is. But what, what I found, and you know, all the co companies you mentioned I've spoken for, what's happening now is that this big shift, instead of focusing your energy on who's not performing to who is performing, because a lot of times we think to ourselves, oh, those people, they're killing it. They don't need me. They, they got it. They're going up. They got it going on. But what you should do is be more involved with them, spend more time with them, cheer for them more, uplift them, give them resources, give them training, let them know how valued they are, give them um, just the freedom to go for it, to use their ideas and to contribute to the organization. And when you lead from, with that group in mind constantly, you're going to have this shift in your organization where you create this revolution where you're going to have more success. Where did this uh, sort of concept first come to you? Yeah, I guess about 26 years ago when I was trying first teaching, I looked around the school and I saw people contributing differently. And I saw a teacher who was sitting down behind her desk and I said, I'm going to get her up. I'm going to get her up. And I went over to her and I said, you know what? I've been standing up to teach all day and my blood's flowing. I feel healthier. Maybe you should try teaching standing up. And she said, well, I got the bursitis. You can't make me stand up. And I said, well, Lord have mercy. You got the bursitis. You stood, should maybe sit down. Maybe try to stand up with your face. Because studies show if you're happy, people are going to be attracted to that and that energy. Maybe try and smile more. Well, I don't feel like smiling because these kids are so rude. I'm like, well, maybe if you make it more hands-on in your class, they'll be more involved and maybe they won't be so rude. Well, I don't have those manipulatives. Oh, you can borrow my manipulatives. And why don't you play music when the kids walk in the room? Because those songs got them dirty words in it. You're going to get me fired. I said, well, I'll give you the instrumental version or you can just play them from YouTube. I don't have a YouTube subscription. I said, well, you can use mine and maybe we'll decorate your door. No, because before you know it, it's the end of the year. We got to take that, take it down. I said, well, I'll come throw it away for you. Well, I thought we were all about recycling. You're going to throw it away. So I learned no matter what I would do, they had an excuse why they couldn't be successful, why they couldn't reach a goal, why they couldn't do something. And so, but I was determined to put my whole heart into that person. So I poured my whole heart into her. And I realized that when I put everything I had into it, she walked. She walked, but she was never going to run and never going to jog. And then I looked at my students and I was like, my students have lost a lot of me because I've been focused on that woman. They've missed time with me. I could have been doing so many lessons, so many things creative. I could have been spending time with them. I was focused on that woman who's been sitting down and I realized I was doing a disservice to the students. And that's when I looked around the school and realized if all the energy went to 
the students and the people who are on fire and the teachers who are doing great, maybe we can create a swell of energy that would happen in this building where maybe that lady who's sitting behind her desk would realize the disparity between what she's doing now and what everyone else is doing is so great, she would do more. And so I started focusing on all the other teachers that were that were doing great or who are almost great, cheering for them, supporting them. And we were doing projects together. And this energy started happening around the school. And I noticed that woman who I had left alone standing up to teach one day. And I said, she's feeling the pressure from everyone else. And I didn't even have to focus on her to get it to happen. I focused on the top. And so that's when I first had this concept in 1994 that maybe this could apply to other places. And now we've seen that it does. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting when you talk about energy. I know one of the stories in there is the, uh, about the bunt cakes, about the, the woman who, uh, appears to be really nice, but really she's kind of bringing everyone down to her level. How do you deal with uh, How do you deal with those people? Yeah. Well, as soon as you hire someone, the people on in your organization who aren't the best, they're going to be fearful. And their fear is that some, this new person is going to come in and run because they don't want more runners because then it's going to make them, oh my God, now I got to do what? Oh, you're making us look bad. And so when you hire someone new, You've got people who will bake them a bunt cake and go up to them and say things like, now, listen, you want to have a healthy life work balance. You better leave at four o'clock. And look, don't you put any money in this organization. You, If they're not going to pay for it, then you're not going to pay for it either. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is a marathon, not a sprint. You don't want to come in and try and do everything. So what they're doing is they will act like I'm mentoring you. What they're really doing is trying to get them to slow down and they're creating a posse of poison because they don't want them to run. And that'll be to the detriment of your organization. So when new people come in, you've got to make sure that you align them with mentors who have that fire, who have that passion. And you've got to make sure that they understand the goals of the organization are clear. We go above and above and beyond. We dig deep. We have a work ethic. That's what we do here. That's the climate and the culture of our organization. So uh, a question here from uh, Haley Ludwig uh, from New Jersey to get back to it. In Move Your Bus, you talk about the need for joggers and walkers to put themselves in support positions for the runners so those runners can do more. How do you help people build their self-awareness so they know whether they're a walker or a jogger? Yeah, you have to give examples. So whoever the leader is in the organization, it's helpful if you say, okay, we just read this bus or we just heard Ron speak. All right. So now let's think about here. What makes a runner at Xerox? What makes a runner at Coca-Cola? And so then you have, you say, I think runners are people who are positive. You know, sometimes it's hard here. We've got to dig deep. People who try to use ingenuity. Um, So you kind of spell out, here's what runners are. And then say, I love it when people go above and beyond here. And what makes me happiest of anything that we do here at BBNT is when someone does something well at BBNT and we all cheer for that person. That to me is a runner. If you're willing to cheer for other people who do well in this organization, you, that makes you a runner. So you have to give specific examples of what you as a leader want to see. And then I think you should probably ask your organization, what are some examples of, of qualities of walkers? Because we want to make sure we don't have those qualities. So ask them, or you could even put paper around the, on the, the big sheets of paper around the room and say, what are the qualities here at Delta of a runner, of a jogger, walker, rider? Why don't we go fill them in together? You tell me what you think would make a runner here. Then why don't we read through these together? And then you as the leader, you're, the people that you're working with, they have spelled out what they want to see here. So it's easy for you to say, okay, everyone, you see what's on this sheet right here, riders and walkers. 
This is what we all have agreed in this room. We don't want to see any of this here. Okay. That makes you someone who's not supporting or not helping out our, our business. Complaining about working here. Ask your staff here. Raise your hand if you like to hear people complain about working at our company. Wait a minute. Nobody wants to hear anyone complain about working here at Coca-Cola. So why are you complaining to each other? We've got to stop venting. You know, the world is hard. We have personal problems, family drama going on. The last thing anyone wants to do is come to work and then to have other people dumping on you, their problems, their drama, why, why you're not happy here. If you're not happy here, maybe this isn't the place for you. And y'all, we've got to be a team. Like if we were going into war, into battle, and we were on the front lines, would you be talking about each other? Look at, look at how she holds her gun. I don't really like that. I don't like how she holds her gun. I don't think we would be talking about each other then. And so we can't talk about each other now. Keep each other's names at your mouth, support each other, uplift each other, be a family, and we're going to be more successful. Oh, and one thing I want to say is that there's lots of bullying that takes place in corporations where if someone does something well, it's this, oh, you're making me look bad. Oh, you're making me look bad. So I, I tell people at corporations and at our school or in other schools, if you know that you can't be a runner or if you know you're not a runner because you're not coming up with all the best ideas, going above and beyond, sealing the top deals, if you know you're not doing that, but you want to be a runner, one main way you can do it is to support people who are running by going up to them and saying, congratulations, I'm proud of you. That's awesome. You keep it up because a lot of people in organizations will almost not work so hard because they're afraid that other people are going to say, you're making us look bad. They make friends with their colleagues. And if I go above and beyond and do this, I'm going to make them look bad. So they'll pull back. And that is to the detriment of the organization. So encouraging people who you know you can't be a runner right now, but uplifted people who are running, that puts you in that category as well. I think that's one of the things that's interesting about this is that runners, I think a lot of have a lot of times have blind sides. It's like the, you know, sometimes walkers and joggers have more free time. And runners can kind of be blindsided by these things because they're not seeing it. Like it, like the little bunk cake meetings or other things. What advice would you have for for runners who are so maybe project focused or accomplishment focused to uh, to work with people, you know, kind of going the other way? You've got joggers working to encourage them. What are some things that runners can do to work with other people on the team? Yeah, actually, those blind sides don't bother me quite so much because I want my runners. You focus on the goal. You focus on the students. You focus on this project. Let's go. Because sometimes if your runners are so focused on oh, let me go help the walker or let me go help the rider or let me go help them or what, what, what are their concerns Then it takes them away from their focus. And so sometimes what we do here at RCA is or really, I don't, I don't, I, I don't have riders and walkers here because um, we just don't hire those types of people. We're, we're, what you should, as a leader, you should spend more time on who you hire than anything else you do. I mean, that is essential. And so we've hired a great group here. But um, if you're in an organization where you've got some people who aren't doing great, sometimes I'll say, take them to lunch, do a project with them, invite them to hear you speak at a seminar. You know, you make an effort, but you can't take all of your attention and, and focus away from your goals to help them. Because if you do, that's not going to help the organization overall. So, so many companies right now are just desperate to hire people to get people back. And, you know, you can make bad hires that way. What's your advice? Like, what's your process or what's your advice for, for companies, managers, anybody in a leadership position or HR who is looking to hire right now? 
Okay, this is essential. So people talk and people will know if it's great working at your organization or it's not. So you want to make your organization a place that's filled with joy, passion, energy, excitement. And that starts with you as a leader being in a good mood. The first year I was an administrator, I was teaching all day and the school administrator. And people were saying, how are things going? And I'd say, horrible. I'm exhausted. The sixth graders were rude. The eighth grade mama came in here, got on my nerves. I had diarrhea. I, I complained about everything. And so then my staff, was were, they would say things like, well, those sixth graders are rude. And who does that eighth grade mama think she is? And I had diarrhea. Maybe something's wrong in the water here. Maybe we should get the water tested. And I was like, Lord, now they want me to test the water. And so I realized that as a leader, I could never complain. I had to be positive in a good mood, put out good energy. And so I would have a horrible day, but I'd go into my staff meeting and I'd say, what's up, everybody? I love y'all. Aren't those sixth graders so great? We're blessed to be here. Let's have a great, wonderful day. And my staff would say, well, we are blessed, aren't we? And, and I do love those sixth graders. Let's get to work. So I realized what I put out was important. And you've got to create that energy in that environment because it will spread all throughout the community. If you say, or if your staff members say, 10 great things about your organization, it won't go 10 feet away from them. But if someone in your organization tells somebody one negative thing about working there, it's going to go all over the town. And then there was somebody who was considering working at your organization and they're incredible and you need them there, but they're going to hear, oh, I heard they got problems there. Well, I guess I won't apply. It happens just like that. And so you've got to recruit by building energy in your school and getting your staff to realize we can't put negativity about what we do out in this community. And also, I tell my staff, you can't go on Facebook and on Friday say, this is what I feel like today and have a picture of a drowning rat. You can't do you can't put stuff like that because you're sending a message to everybody. It's hard to work there. This isn't a job you want. It's all marketing. And I tell my staff, each and every one of us, we're all PR managers. We're all marketing agents for our school. And we have to put good energy out there because we want to get best people um, to come to our organization. Also, your, um, your organization's web page is essential. For our, for our school, we have a picture of everyone who works here, um, assistants, helpers, um, front desk workers, teachers. We have a professional headshot. We have their bio information about them. Because if someone's considering working at your company and they go to your website and they pull it up and they can't, they maybe see people's names or email lists, that sends one message. But when you pull it up and you see everyone's pictures, the custodian's headshots and everyone's pictures are there, it sends a message. This company values people. And that's the place I think I want to be. That's great. I love that. Uh, so next question, you kind of already answered it to some extent, but uh, this is from Nora Harker. Do you think it's possible to build an, an entire team of runners or does a team need joggers and walkers? No, I think you can definitely have an entire team of runners. Um, and that is the goal. Um, it's, it's almost impossible because somebody is going to end up being a jogger. And then if you do build, like I think what we went through here at RCA, we hired a school of runners but there's always going to be some people running faster than others. It's just inevitable. Everyone's so even though you might have incredible people, somebody who in Walton organization would be considered a runner in your organization may become a, a jogger, but that's great because you want to raise the standards and your goal should be to try to have all runners. Mm -hmm. um, how often do you see a runner promoted and then become a jogger or walker because a new role presents different challenges? 
Um, it happens. Sometimes people have to adjust and it's happened here at RCA and that's where it takes some coaching. And that's where in my heart, I always tell myself, I know this person is a runner. This person has a runner spirit. This person is need, needs more guidance. Um, we have 144 committees at RCA. I divided my organization up and we have a huge flow chart where Everything that happens in our year is in a committee. We have project leads and we have um, all different types of structure that's put in, into it. Whenever somebody gets becomes the head of a new committee they've never been on, um, I, it causes problems. I, I, I'm a control freak. I want everything to be outstanding and excellent at all times, but I've had to learn sometimes you got to back up, let them fail a little bit and help them learn along the way. What did you learn from this? What would your goals be for next time? What, how would you do it differently? And next time, here's what I'd like to see happen. And, and so do you agree? And so what I found is that if you take your hands off a little bit, let them have a little bit of autonomy and then guide them through it, then it's going to make the organization better. Six years ago, those 144 committees, I was on all of them. Now I'm not on one of them. Hmm. It was a rough patch. But now I've been able to make it all hands off. Now I oversee all of those committees instead of having to do all of that work. Because honestly, I was killing myself. And as a leader, you can't kill yourself because you're putting all your heart into everything until you train people and help them understand how to make it excellent. Mm -hmm. uh, have you ever made a mistake by prioritizing resources or support for a runner over a jogger or a walker? No, I don't think so. Uh, I'm 100% supportive of give your runners what they want. Um, here's the one thing I've seen. I've been to all 50 states. I've been to corporations and businesses all over America. I wanted to see what's going on in America's in corporations and warehouses and factories and schools. And what I've learned is that in almost every organization, there are runners there who are not giving you as much as they would. They would give you so much more in the right environment. I used to think there was a cap to what runners could do. But in every organization, I promise you, and if you're listening right now, I promise you, your organization has runners. They would do so much more for you. They're choosing not to because you haven't built just the right, the, the right, quite environment for them to do it. So I learned in the right environment, the top comes off and those runners will go to the moon. And so I don't think there's ever anything to be said for not doing enough for runners or that you shouldn't give them more. Um, that's got to be your priority and protect them. You've got to protect them in your organization too. So, you know, within this past year, shifting a little bit from business to more business uh, and, and home put together here, uh, you know, what's the best way for parents right now to help support kids who are kind of dealing with changing environments? Uh, I know I've got an extreme introvert and extrovert uh, of, of my two oldest. You know, what are some ways that parents, uh, you know, people who are working full-time jobs can help support their kids the best way? Yeah, this is the biggest concern I have for this generation. And I have a lot of concerns for them. But number one is the lack of social interaction that um, they're in their phones. Um, they're just looking at a screen all day. And parents don't even realize all the negative um, influences that they are seeing on the TikTok and the Instagram and all that stuff. And um, so finding time to make sure that your child is spending time with other kids their age where they're not using phones. I think that's just essential. Um, students are learning the art of communication, and especially COVID has amplified this. 
Um, at RCA, we, for every hour since COVID hit, we've let the kids have 15 minutes recess. For every hour of instruction, we do 15 minutes of recess where they just interact with each other. They talk, they're outside. So, you know, the, um, the chance of COVID is decreased and they, they're still wearing masks. But on um, the students, um, they said that was their favorite part of our school last year of all the stuff we do. And we do a lot of amazing things. They said just that time to be with each other and to relax. And honestly, the first week we did, it was very awkward. Kids were standing around like eyes wide, like they didn't even know how to talk to each other. And then now it's just a joyful, wonderful time. Like I remember when I was a kid and um, we need more of that in America. Well, Ron, thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing you know, wisdom about work, obviously about family as well. And uh, thank you for, for being a guest here on the Beyond Speaking podcast. Thank you so much. I was happy to do it. Appreciate you, Brian. Thanks, Ron. And for anyone listening, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And on behalf of Premier Speakers and National Speakers, thanks for listening to the Beyond Speaking Podcast. Thank you for joining us for the Beyond Speaking Podcast. To learn more about today's guests, go to beyondspeak.com. Make sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you listen.